praise and glory, Heavenly Father, this morning. And Heavenly Father, Lord God, we bless your holy name. We are so grateful and thankful, Lord God, to be in your holy presence, Lord God. For we know that you are in the midst of us, Lord God. And we know that you can be everywhere at the same time, Heavenly Father. And we know that you watch us over us, over us and you see us where we are, Lord God, because you sit high and you look low, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And you're still on the throne, Heavenly Father. And you're almighty God. And besides you, there's no other. We worship you and we praise your holy name. For greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. Jesus Christ is Lord, Savior, and our Master, and our Redeemer, and our Creator. And Lord God, you brought us from a mighty long ways. And you blessed us, Lord God, to see this day. This day that you made, Heavenly Father, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. We thank you, Heavenly Father, this morning for blessing us with our health and our strength and the activities and the use of all of our, our limbs. And thank you, Lord God, for clothing us in our right mind. We thank you, Lord God, for peace. We thank you for your joy, your joy from everlasting to everlasting, your joy which is unspeakable, Heavenly Father, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, this, this morning that you are a powerful God and almighty God a loving God, a compassionate God. And you watched over us all during the night, Heavenly Father. And you bless us with sleep. You bless us with peace and comfort. Then you woke us up this morning, Heavenly Father. You opened up our eyes and blessed us to see this day that you made, Lord God. And we rejoice in you, Heavenly Father. And your words said to rejoice in you always, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we have much to rejoice about. And we have much to be thankful for, Heavenly Father for all that you've done for us. And we love you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. But there's none greater than you. And can nobody do us like Jesus, Heavenly Father. And we thank you for that precious blood that was shed for us. And we thank you that Jesus gave himself for us because he loved us. And he's laid down himself down for us, for our sins, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, for his precious blood that washes away our sins and cleanses us from all righteousness. And we thank you for the power that's in the blood of the Lamb this morning. Yeah. And we bless the Lord God. And we know that your glory fills the earth, Heavenly Father. Your unfailing love fills this earth, Lord God. And let your unfailing love fill our hearts, Lord God. And we are at peace, Heavenly Father, this morning. We are yeah. at peace with everything, Lord God, because we know the enemy's tricks, Heavenly Father, Lord God. But we know, Lord God, that we have the victory in you, Lord Jesus. And the enemy is already defeated, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And he has been overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony, Lord God. And at the right time, you will squash him under our feet, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we thank you for opening up doors for us. We thank you for blessing us with favor. We thank you for your grace, mercy, Lord God, and your love and kindness, Lord God. And we thank you for everyone, Lord God, that's here this morning. We thank you for everyone, Lord God, that's a part of this Sunday service this morning, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for their obedience. We thank you for their faithfulness, Lord God, to come to service, Lord God, to praise your holy name and to hear the word, having the Father, Lord God, go forth. And we ask you, Lord God, to bless each and every one, Lord God, for you know what their needs are, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And you know what they cry out to you with, Lord God. And you know what they pray to you, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, that you're God who will hear prayers and answer prayers. 
and we thank you for all your provisions, Lord Jesus. And we thank you for hearing us when we pray, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, that you send your ministry angel forth, Lord God, among us, Lord God. And Lord God, that we will receive the help that we need in the time of trouble, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, for the word that's going to go forth this morning. And we thank you for the messenger, Lord God. And we ask you, Lord God, to fill his mouth this morning. We thank you for your anointing upon him. We thank you for the word that you have put in his spirit, Lord God. And your word, Lord God, will accomplish all that you sent it out to do this morning. That your word, Lord God, will fall on fertile ground, Heavenly Father, this morning. And produce in us a crop of 100-fold, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And Lord God, and we won't leave the same way we came, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, for the anointing upon the messenger, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, that you look upon this earth. We ask you, Lord God, to look upon this nation, Lord God, for those that's out there that's demonstrating, Lord God, about this election, Heavenly Father. And we pray, Heavenly Father, Lord God, that they will have peace in their hearts also, Lord God, that they know that this election is over, Lord God, and the people have voted, the people have spoken, Heavenly Father, Lord God, and it's time for a change, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we pray that you will open their eyes, Lord God, so they can see, Lord God, what's right and what's wrong, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And Lord God, they need to demonstrate, we pray that they would do it peacefully, Lord God, that no hurt, harm, and danger will come to no one, Lord God, that there won't be no property damage, Lord God. And we want to bind up hatred, Lord God, this evening, this morning. We bind up hatred, we bind up prejudice, Lord God, and we bind up deceit in the name of Jesus Christ, Heavenly Father. And we bind up, Lord God, every attack of the enemy, Lord God, we bind up the works of the enemy right now in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord God, that he would not mislead any more of your people, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we plead the blood of Jesus, Lord God, against the assignment of the devil in the name of Jesus Christ, and his works will fail, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And there will be peace among your people. There will be peace in this nation. There will be peace in our homes. There will be peace in our jobs, in our schools, Lord God, and wherever we go, Lord God, we will find peace in the Father, Lord God, and we thank you, Lord God, and those that's out there protesting, Lord God, we also pray that you will fill their minds and their hearts up with peace, Lord God, and we give you glory and honor and praise of the Father, that you will give us that peace, not without the, as the world gives, Lord God, but that peace that comes from you, that surpasses all understanding as to guard our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And we glorify you and we praise you this morning, Heavenly Father. And we pray, Lord God, if anybody that needs to be saved, that they will be saved. And somebody hear the word, we pray that they will be blessed by the word and receive that word, Lord God, and that they will call on you and you will fill them with your spirit, Lord God, and they will be saved, healed, delivered, and set free in the name of Jesus Christ. And we thank you, Lord God, for everything that you do. And Lord God, we always want to thank you, Lord God, for Pastor Frazier, for all that she does, Heavenly Father. She is truly a woman of a God, and we thank you for everything that she does for us. Her prayers, her teachings, Lord God, and all the work that she does in the name of Jesus. And we pray that you bless her 100-fold, Lord God. And we give you glory and praise. And we thank you, Almighty God, for all that you do and all, all that you are going to do this morning. And we give you honor and glory and praise. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen. 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 Well, we 
uh, see that we have some additional people joining us and so we say welcome to the bread of life experience we're so happy to have you this morning and uh, we're going to go on with the service so uh reverend Robeson and dr carson work your music uh presentation i started to say magic but we don't believe in magic we believe mm. in god mm. amen talk to me talk to me now talk to me hallelujah can you all hear it? I give myself yeah. so you can use I give myself away
Carson hasn't taught me to, she hasn't taught me how to put up the video yet, but there was a song I wanted to do because it's kind of connected. Is it okay if I play it? What's the song? I can play it because it's more clearer on, on my phone, if you don't mind. Is that okay? Well, can you do that just before your sermon? Sure. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's finish what we're doing now, and then after that. When you get ready to do your sermon, then you're, you can do your uh, okay. song. this morning and so he has a song that he's going to share with us and uh, maybe in the future if you know ahead of time Reverend, we can just put it with the others so we can do it the, the technical way but uh, whatever you have I'm going to put it in your hands you share your music and then we will hear the word of God alright Amen <laughs> 
Young people, there's nothing wrong with dancing for Jesus. But we can't forget where we come from. So if you don't mind, let's have a little church right now. Something about that name. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah.
man. Okay. So, um, it is something about that name, Jesus. That's why I wanted to get that song out there. I should have got it to Monisa earlier, but it is something about that name, Jesus. And, you know, when I listen to that and the person uh, who's singing that is Rance Allen, and it, and it kind of triggers something because I have been in the clubs back in the day partying to his records because he always wasn't a gospel singer. And then before he died, we get a chance to, to worship with him because that's how people can change. I was in the club dancing to Rance Allen. And I hear a lot of people, when I mention him, they're like, oh, yeah, I remember him back in the day. Oh, yeah, he was out there with those with no sin cast the first stone, you know, because he was out there like most of us has been out there. But it's something about that name, Jesus. It's just something about it. And see, in names, it's a lot in names. Names are just not Norman culture. You know, names back in the day, people would give their children names and those names meant something. And back in the day, they sometimes would give them biblical names, you know, right out the Bible. But nowadays we know it's uh, Shaniqua and Shanene. And I met this girl, her name was Mercedes. And I was like, oh, you should have been named Bobo. But it, people don't pay attention to the names like they used to back in the day. But it is something there is something about the name Jesus. There is healing in the name Jesus. There is power in the name Jesus. See, a lot of people would say God because a lot of people don't even believe in Jesus. A lot of people would say God, but they would not say Jesus. But as you just heard in the song, one day, every knee shall bow, every knee shall bend, every head shall bow. And worship the name Jesus. Like you heard Al Green say, he's coming back. Like you heard him say in his song, he's coming back. Then what are you going to do? You have to bow in the name of Jesus. It is something about that name. So I'm getting to my sermon today. And uh, we're going to come into a lot of different things today. Because like I say, it's something in a name. It's something in the name and people are not using it like it, it used to be. You know, people used to name their children David and Jeremiah and, and uh, uh, the pastor's new grandson, a uh, great grandson is, is Malachi, a famous name in the Bible. Because name means something more than just nomenclature. It's, it's way more to a name. If you look up your name, you would notice something. I, you know, when I got into this sermon, when God gave me this sermon, I started looking up names and finding out what people's names mean. So look them up and find out what your name means because it's something in a name. So I want to start today. Uh, today, I want to start in, uh, let's start in Mark uh, uh, 46. See, because when you use the name Jesus, something happens. If we go to Mark 10, I'm sorry, Mark 10, verse 46, and I'm going to start. And it said, and they came to Jericho. And as, as he went out of Jericho with his disciple, a great number of people, a blind man named Bar Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, who he began to cry out and say, 
Jesus, thy son of David, have mercy on me. And his own people, the ones that with Jesus, the people that rolled with Jesus, and it goes on to say in 48, and many charged him that he should he should hold his peace. In other words, this man was crying out because he knew Jesus was coming. He was blind and he had been blind since birth, but he knew Jesus was coming and he knew it was something in the name of Jesus. So he cried out. And when he cried out, Jesus' disciple charged him that he should hold his peace. But what he did, he cried out more. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And see, that's what we have to do when we're going through things. When we're going through things and we ask Jesus to help us. Some people want us to be quiet. Some people want us to take it down a level. Do you know some churches when you shout, they say you're too loud? Some churches, when you sing and when you praise the Lord too much, they say you're too loud. Some churches are so quiet, you can hear a pin drop. But this gentleman, uh, Bartimaeus, he hollered louder. Oh, son of David. Oh, son of David. Jesus, oh, son of David. And they told him to be quiet and he shouted louder. Jesus, oh, son of David. And they said, be quiet. And he shouted louder. Jesus, oh, son of David. Until Jesus stood still and heard him and healed him. See, that's what we have to do. We have to call on that name because sometimes there is no other name. You might think that man can help you. You might think that somebody else can help you, but it's only one person that can help you. And you need to call on that person, the name of Jesus. Some names now, it's a lot of names in the Bible that people have named their children after, but it's some that's in here that you wouldn't name children after because I've heard a lot of names in the Bible, but it's one that I never heard nobody name, and that's Judas. See, Judas has a meaning to it too, and I don't know no children named Judas. Now, I don't know if y'all know anybody named Judas. But what Judas is, in the New Testament gospel, Judas betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, identifying him with a kiss in front of the Roman soldiers to let them know that, hey, this is the man you want. So Judas betrayed Jesus. And I don't know too many people, and I'm going somewhere with this name game thing I'm running by y'all. I don't know nobody named Judas. Do you? Shake a head if you do. I'm watching. It seemed like don't nobody know nobody named Judas. So it's some names that you don't want to go and, and name your children. Then if you go into uh, 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 Genesis 32, starting at verse 20, 22, and I want you to read that on your own. But I'm going to start at verse 27, Genesis 32 and 27. And he said unto him, what is thy name? So before I get, before I finish reading that, so Jacob, and you might know this story, took everything that he owned and half of his family across the river Jabbok, the river Jabbok. He took all his family over there, and when he was alone by himself, a man popped out of nowhere, and Jacob got to wrestling with this man late at night, jumped out of nowhere, wrestling with this man in the words of uh, Lionel Richie all night long. He wrestled with this man all night long. And he said unto him, the man, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. 
Well, let me explain before I go on to 28. If you look up the word Jacob, and I actually found out from the pastor, it means surplanter. So in our day and age, in our word, that means scantless. So Jacob, in the name of Jacob, Jacob was a scantless dude. He was a surplanter. And if you look that up, you'll find out more about that later. So Jacob, in that name, was scantless. So a lot of people, you may know a lot of people named Jacob, and I guarantee that maybe the parents didn't look up that name and see what that name means, but it means surplanter. And it goes on in 28 and said, and he said, and, oh, I'm sorry. Let me go back 27. I'm getting excited here. And he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And 28 says, and he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince have thou powered with God and with man and has prevailed. So let me run that by you if you don't understand what that means. So when he was wrestling with this man, which if you haven't figured out by now, this was no man. This was no man he was wrestling with. He was wrestling with God. He was wrestling with an angel. He's wrestling with God, but it was no man that Jacob was wrestling with. And when it came to time, he asked him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And the, the God knows what Jacob means. So he said, your name is no longer Jacob. It is Israel. Before you have battled with a prince, you have battled with God and not with the man. And then it goes on to say, and Jacob asked him and said, tell me, I pray thee thy name. And he said, wherefore is that thou dost ask my name? And he blessed him. So what they're saying is, what's your, he, he asked Jacob, what's your name? Jacob say, Jacob. Jacob asked him, what's your name? And he said, why is that important? You are blessed. So therefore, when he blessed Jacob, Jacob should have knew his name because he was given a new name. Anybody following me there? Because I'm moving kind of fast because I got a lot to go. So what I'm saying is something in a name, but it's something about that name, Jesus that we need to call on that name more often. And right now in this pandemic and everything we going on, ain't no man really going to help us, y'all. Ain't no man. It is so much going on right now. We all need to be calling on that name, Jesus, because it's something. It's something about that name, Jesus. And we need to call on him as many times as we possibly can. You know, we go through things. We go through things. And if we do not handle those problems, those problems get deeper and they get into our spirits and they get into our souls. So we have to let those things go. We have to figure out a way to release them. And it's the only way to release them. You get on your knees and you pray. You pray. I try not to miss prayer any day. I get off work and I'm simply tired. But it comes to seven o'clock and I know what I need to be doing. It may not be what I want to be doing, but it's what I need to be doing. And that's why I'm so adamant in telling people about this prayer at seven o'clock every day. Some people don't think it's important. Some people don't want to hear about it. Some people don't pray. They just sit there and listen. And that's good, too, because prayer is good for the soul. Prayer is good for the soul. And prayer is what you need to get that contact with God. 
You need to pray to have that conscious contact with God for yourself. The pastor can pray for you all day long and Deacon Don will pray for you all day long, but you need to pray for yourself. You need to put on your armor. You need to get down on your knees. You need to pray for yourself. And while you're praying for yourself, do pray for others. Okay. Do pray for others. And remember this, there is something about that name, Jesus. I'm going to keep on saying that. Y'all going to be singing that song by the time I'm done. <laughs> there is something about that name, Jesus. And, and like I say, your name is more than no Norman culture. It's not a, a system or a procedure of just assigning a name. It's more than that, y'all. And it's more than that. And the reason why I'm going to keep saying it, because... It's something about the name Jesus. So when you put Jesus into it, I, I got some more stuff here. I just mixed it all up that uh, I, I wanted to go through. But the main thing I wanted to go through is in Acts chapter. It starts at uh, uh, chapter three. And, 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 and it's about that lame man. And uh, I preached about this many a times, but this is just a story. Because see, a lot of people, y'all, before we get, I want y'all to go to Acts 3 and 3, but I got to tell you this also. When you pray and it don't happen right away, I'm going to tell you what the pastor used to tell us all the time. God, do not work in a microwave minute. Okay. He does not work in a microwave minute, y'all. And if you look in the book of Daniels in, 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 in chapter 10, Daniel made a prayer and it took 21 days before that prayer was answered. But if you look in that chapter, God had answered that prayer as soon as Daniel had made that prayer. As soon as Daniel made that prayer that day, that prayer was answered. So he sent the angel down to give him that answer. But the angel was interfered by something here on earth, by the enemy. The angel was fighting with the enemy here on earth and Daniel didn't get that prayer immediately. Let's imagine if Daniel gave up. If Daniel was like some people like, oh God, I've been praying. Are you going to do anything about this God? Oh, uh, trust me, y'all. When you believe that God has heard your prayers, you best to believe that he's answering them. See, your prayer will be right here and that doggone enemy will be right here blocking your prayer. Bracking your prayer, but you got to believe that God heard your prayer. Like God heard Daniel's prayer and sent it, but Gabriel was fighting with the uh, with the enemy for twenty and one days. And it'll tell you that if you read uh, 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 um, if you read Daniel chapter ten, it'll tell you that in there that that prayer was answered. See, guys, your prayers have been answered. So we don't need you to go back and be like, well, God, I prayed this last week. We don't need you to go and say, well, uh, 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 I don't believe in power of prayer because I prayed and it didn't happen. No, you didn't let it happen. And as we say in recovery, you wait until the miracle happens. You have to wait until the miracle happens and it may not happen in a microwave minute. So keep on praying, but believe in your prayer. 
and believe is something about that name, Jesus. So if you had Acts, uh, let's start at three and three. And um, it says, so a little bit about this story before we go in there. So it was a lame man who was lame from birth that his homies picked him up every day. His homies picked him up every day and put him outside the chapel in front of this beautiful gate. The gate called beautiful. I'm talking about this gate was made of gold. It was just a beautiful gate. But this lame man could never go into chapel. So he sat right there and he begged for money. Every day. Now, he's outside a beautiful place, but he ain't going in. Have you ever been right there and you just can't get in? You just feel that you right there. Oh, I'm so close, but you can't get in. And sometimes you even turn around because you feel like you can't get in. But let me go on with this story. So this, this lame man is in front of this beautiful temple, this beautiful gate. Inside is this chapel. Inside is where they go worship. So it says in Acts 3 and 3, this man who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple as for alms. Uh, Pastor told me how to pronounce that, y'all. So if I'm wrong, please forgive me. Go into the temple and ask for alms, which means ask for money. Then Peter said, silver and gold, I have none, but such as I have, I give thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. So this lame man been out there. He been lame since his mother's womb. So Peter walks up because Peter has the authority. So God has given Peter the authority to work miracles and to do these things. He has given him the authority. So what Peter did was use the authority, but he takes no, no credit himself. He said, what I have, I give thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. See, in other situations, I think it's in Genesis, they talk about Nazareth. So Nazareth was like the hood, y'all. Nazareth was like East Palo Alto, Oakland, whatever. And it was said in the Bible, what good can come out of Nazareth? See, what good can come out the hood? Me and you, y'all. Me and you. Okay. Because Nazareth was like East Palo Alto back in the day, you know, it's the hood, like Maywood, uh, Sabrina is right now, you know, remember Cabrini Greens out there in Chicago? Yeah, you know what I mean. So that's how Nazareth was. Nazareth was like the hood, and they want to know what good can come out the hood. And see, that's the problem in those areas right now is what we call the stinking thinking. Oh, I grew up in the hood. I can't do this and I can't do that. But Jesus Christ was from Nazareth. And if you look it up, it wasn't no good place to be. Okay. Can I see some amens out there? Amen. All right. <laughs> yeah. Jesus is from the hood, y'all. <laughs> Jesus Amen. is from the hood, dog. So why we can't be good? Why we can't do nothing good? Why people always trying to tear us down because we did crack and we did all of that? You know what I'm saying? In four days, in four days, I'm going to have 13 years clean and sober. By the grace of God. By the teaching of bread of life. Yeah, people want me to 
turn my back on the bread of life. Are you nuts? Wasn't nobody there when I got into rehab for me. I had no family. I had no real friends. I had the bread of life. Amen. That didn't only teach me the word of God, but also taught me that I could be somebody. I could speak the word of God. Yeah. Because when I first heard I can do it, I said, you got to be kidding. I've been smoking crack for 30 some years. Then I decided to do meth. And you think I may have a calling on my life? But I talk to you today in the word of God because there's something about that name, Jesus. Okay. Yeah. I could have, I got some suits in there. I could have put on some fancy suits and tied one of them hats and I could have went to one of those churches if I chose. God did not tell me to do that. I can go to one of those churches now if I choose. God does not tell me to do that. As we see the pandemic is spreading wider and wider and these churches are opening, well, I don't have to worry about catching it there. I'm going way off the deep end, y'all, but I want you to know it's something about that name, Jesus. It is something about that name, Jesus. It is the sweetest name I know. I have a Man, let me get back to this. And what did I stop? Then Peter said, silver and gold. Silver and gold, I have none, but such as I have, I give thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And let's go to eight. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God and praising God. But see, here's the thing, though. Miracles happened that day because he told him to get up and walk in the name of Jesus from the hood, from Nazareth. Y'all, let me stop from Nazareth. Because it was something in that name. See, this man been lame all his life. And all Peter did was say, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, bam, get up and walk. You know why he can get up and walk? Because it's something about that name. But here's the good part about it. When you put Jesus' name in there, I want you to go to uh, uh, Acts 4. And let's see what we're going to start at. I want you to go to the next chapter, Act 4 and 5. And it came to pass on the morrow that there were rule, rulers and elders and scribes. And Annas, the high priest, and Capaeus, and John, and Alexander, and many were of the kinder of the high priest, were gathered together in Jerusalem. Goes on to say in seven, and when they had set them in the midst, they asked by what power, by what power, and we know, or by what name has ye done this? So there's power in the name, but they put it what power or what name, because they know it's power in the name. But let me continue. By what power or by what name ye done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what mean he is made whole? 
Then it goes on 10 saying, but it is known unto y'all and to all the people of Israel by the name. Yes, I stopped by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, and even by whom doeth this man stands before you. See, Peter, John, they ain't take no credit. They ain't take no credit. They credit it all to the name of Jesus, who these folks has crucified. But this is what happens when you put the name of Jesus in there. Go to Acts. Uh, let's go up. Let's go to Acts 4 and 2. So when you put the name of Jesus in there, this is what happens. Being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus, the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and they put them in hold until the next day. For it was now even even tied. But this is what I want y'all to get. It's four and four. How be of many of them which heard the word believe and the number of men, and that means men and women, was about 5,000. So, nobody got excited, but I'm going to tell you why you should. Silver and gold, I have none. I ain't got no money. But what I do have, I give you. So in the name of Jesus Christ, arise and walk. They walk into the temple, this man dancing, he breaking it down. And these people want to know what in the world and what name do you do that? In the name of Jesus. So, so many people heard about this that they gathered from everywhere. Everywhere. Because they heard that in the name of Jesus, this man was able to walk again. This man who they set out there and saw him for many years, 10, 20, 30, begging for money. Now he's inside the gate in the temple, dancing and praising the Lord. The people say, what did, what is going on in the name of Jesus? So people just came from everywhere and they got saved that night. 5,000. That's why I got excited. 5,000. That's a lot of people, y'all. For one night, five G's, five G's. That's a lot of people who got saved in the name of Jesus from the hood, from Nazareth. 5,000 people. And he wasn't here, but he saved He saved that man in, in his name. Peter, he gave it to Peter and John, and Peter and John took care of business. So it's something about that name, Jesus. Something about the name Jesus. Something about the name Jesus. It is the sweetest thing I know. Oh, how I love the name Jesus. Oh, how I love the name Jesus. It is the sweetest thing that I know. Y'all gonna be singing that song for us, over. Okay. <laughs> ah. But my point is today, y'all, I don't care what you went through. I don't care where you've been. I don't care who, who's on you right now. Jesus can help that problem that you have. 
It's no reason right now. I'm going to tell y'all something right now. I shouldn't be happy, but I got the joy of the Lord as my strength right now. See, when you ain't happy, you ask for the joy of the Lord. When things coming against you, you ask for the joy of the Lord. When you feel like you can't do nothing else but stand, then you continue to stand, but you stand in the name of Jesus. Don't give up your struggle. Don't give it up. Give it to God. And when you give it to him, leave it to him. When you pray, believe in what you pray in. Believe in what you pray in. And I'm also tell y'all, Join us at 7 o'clock on prayer. I know it's some good TV shows on, y'all. I know they got the new law and order and all. I know. But that hour ain't going to kill you. Matter of nope. fact, it might save you. Nope. It might save you in the name of Jesus. It might save you. And you know what else happens in the name of Jesus? I know y'all getting tired of me, but I ain't gone yet. You know what else happened? In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we have the victory. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Satan, you have to flee. Woo! Praise the Lord. I'm going to stop right there, y'all. But there is something about that name, Jesus, y'all. And we need to keep calling. Y'all need to join us. Oh, and don't miss Wednesday, man. We studying. The, we almost at the end of Daniel's. Y'all got to come to Bible study, man. You learn so much. Come hang out with us on Wednesday. Just listen. If you don't do nothing else. I mean, Sabrina over in Chicago, when we get started, it's already nine o'clock in her hood. Before we finish, sometime it's 11 o'clock out there where she at. But anyway, come on and join us, y'all. You know, the more it comes together, you know, the more that we touch and agree in prayer. Do you know more things move in the heavenly realm? See, nothing is loose on uh, uh, in heaven to is loose on earth. We need to loosen it. We need to send it up. We need to come together in prayer. So I'm going to stop right there. And, and just y'all remember something. It's something about that name, Jesus. Amen? Amen. All right, Pastor. I'm going to turn it over to you. Amen. Well, there is, there's not only something about the name of Jesus, but there's power in the name of Jesus. When you speak Jesus, you call on Jesus, there's power there. And that power is, well, be there. Uh, the, the blood of Jesus never loses its power. Okay. And so I'm excited about your word this morning because anytime okay. we're talking about Jesus, I'm in. Let me tell you. And I just was sitting here hearing, you know, as God used you to expound on this uh, name of Jesus and give us the example of uh, Jacob and how he wrestled with God. He wrestled with God until God won. And when God won, God said, your name is no longer Jacob, but it is Israel. You will no longer be called the supplanter. 
you will no longer be called the underminder and a backstabber because that's what that word means. Mm-hmm. But you are a new creature in Christ. And you know, 2 Corinthians 5 tells us that we are all new creatures in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. And that past that we had is past. Mm, Amen. So I'm not going to preach anymore, but I'm excited about the name of Jesus. Amen. Because if it had not been for him, where would we be? So praise God. Uh, I just want to encourage you. I I always take notes when the Reverend is preaching. Uh, We are mentoring him, and he is growing by leaps and bounds, not to my glory, but to the glory of God, because God called him, and God is using him. And the voice that he needs to follow is that of God. Sometimes God uses people in our lives. But we need to know the voice of God for ourselves because we ain't never go wrong that way. We won't go wandering off like those sheep. You know, God calls us sheep because I don't know how much you know about sheep. They are humble animals. But they can get uh, uh, preoccupied. Uh, I had a cartoon one time that I got out of Charisma magazine, and it showed these sheep. And they were following the grass. So the grass led up to a cliff. And because they weren't paying attention, they went over the cliff. So you see, we have to know God's voice for ourselves. And we have to know God's word for ourselves. Because if we don't know the word, Satan will lie to us. And he tries to use God's word to lie to us. So we have to know what it says for ourselves. So just as a follow-up, I just want to say we do have Bible study on Wednesdays at 7 o'clock, and we have been in the book of Daniel. And the book of Daniel is so apropos to what's going on in our world today. And so God led me to have us study that book. And we're almost done, but we invite you to come and join us. And then as Reverend said, we're praying every night at 7 o'clock. And the prayers of the righteous availeth much, and they have much power. So with that said, I just thank God for all of you this morning. And in looking uh, to see who all was had joined us, there's a young lady with a baby. I don't know what her name is. That's Isabel. But you've got a baby there, and I want to pray for that baby. Is that a boy baby, a male? Is she gone? No, that's uh, Isabel. Yeah, I had it on. I had it on you, but yeah, she, he's teething right now, so he's not like a happy camper. <laughs> oh well, that's all right. I'm just pleased that, honey. We can't start too early to having these children hear the word of God. You see, they came to us from God, yes. and so their little spirits are connected sometimes much better than ours are. And so as soon as we can, we need to allow them to hear the word of God and recognize that they're still connected to God. And although they're not able to say, Jesus, come into my life, they're able to connect spiritually. And so uh, what is his name? Juan. His name's Juan. Juan. All right. God is just impressing me to pray for Juan. And what's mama's name? It's Isabel. Um, Chelsea. My daughter is Chelsea. His mom's name is, is Chelsea. Okay, so Chelsea and Juan. Mm-hmm. 
Is that correct? Yes. All right. Father God, I just thank you for Chelsea and Juan this morning. And I'm giving you glory, Lord, for this baby. And I know, Father God, that you have plans for him. And the plans that you have for him are for good and not for harm. And we're just thanking you this morning, Father God, for this man-child that you have caused to come into this world. And I thank you, Father God, that his mom will keep him close to you, that she'll give him the spiritual education that he needs so that he can become whatever it is you're calling him to be because we all have a calling and i thank god that he has a calling and i thank god for that mom who will be obedient to keep him educated get him educated and keep him close to you and that means she needs to be close to you and i just thank you for it in the mighty name of jesus christ and everyone said amen Amen. So praise God. I just needed to do that because as I was just oh checking God. to see everybody, that's all right, baby. <laughs> you got the blood of Jesus covering you, and you got Hallelujah. inside of you that God is going to use. So we thank God for that. And we thank God for all of you, and we know that God has a plan for everybody's life, and we're excited about that. And uh, I just like for us to review our vow to Jesus Christ by if you don't know him, you get a chance to know him. If you know him, you just reinforce what you know. So we're just going to say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, come into my life, come into my life, be my Lord and Savior, be my Lord and Savior. I know that you were. Uh, crucified. I know that you were crucified. And you died. And you died. You were buried. You were buried. And resurrected on the third day. And resurrected on the third day. And now you sit. And now you sit. At the right hand. At the right hand. Of the throne of grace. Making intercession for me. Making intercession for me. For me. And I give you praise and glory for my life. And I give you praise and glory for my life. And help me to be willing and obedient. And help me to be willing and obedient. I want to give you the praise, honor, and glory of the Father, Lord Jesus, this morning. We're also grateful, Lord God, this morning, Lord God, to be at the beginning of another brand new year, Lord God. We want to thank you, Lord God, for how you kept us, Lord God, through the old year, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, for bringing us this far, Heavenly Father, Lord God. We want to thank you, Lord God, for your mercy and your grace and your love and kindness. Thank you for watching over us, Lord God, and keeping us, Lord God. Thank you for surrounding us with your love and arms, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And blessing us, Lord God, to see another day, Lord God, that you have made. For this is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, for giving us our health and our strength this morning, Lord God. And thank you for opening up our eyes this morning, Lord God. And the long clock did not, Lord God, wake us up, Lord God. It was you who woke us up. 
It was you, Lord God, who gave us strength, Lord God, to get up out of our fears of the Father this morning to go forth this day. You're the one who gave us breath, Lord God. You're the one who caused our heart to beat this morning. You're the one who blesses, Lord, blesses us in so many ways, Lord God. And you're the one, Lord God, who keeps us, Lord God. And because of you, we live and move and have our being, Lord God. You are our source. You are our everlasting Father. And our joy comes from you, Heavenly Father. Our peace, Lord God, comes from you, Lord God. Everything that we have and everything we are, Lord God, we are all you, Heavenly Father, Lord God. But we will fall at a price, Lord God. The precious blood of Jesus that was shed for us on Calvary, Lord God. And we belong to you, Lord Jesus. And our bodies in the temple of the Holy Spirit, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we ask you, Lord God, continue to guide us and continue to direct our path, Heavenly Father, Lord God, and speak to our hearts. And we pray, Lord God, during this upcoming year, Lord God, that you continue to have your way in our life. That you continue to use us for your glory, Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus. We pray that your light will shine brightly through us, Lord God. And that we will, Lord God, be godly examples, Lord God, for others to see. And praying that others, Lord God, would be drawn to you and be saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. And we thank you, Lord God, that nobody get praise and glory but you, Lord Jesus. Because beside, because apart from you, Lord Jesus, we can do nothing, Heavenly Father. So we thank you this morning and grateful for all that you've done for us. Thank you for all your provisions, Lord God. Thank you for healing our bodies and touching our bodies and healing us, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for protecting our families, Lord God. And thank you for all the wonderful things that you do for us, Lord God. And we pray, Lord God, that you will have your way, Lord God, in this church service, Lord God. And we thank you for each and every one that's here this morning, Lord God, with us, Lord God, in this, in this worship service, Lord God. And we pray, Lord God, that others, Lord God, will join us soon, Heavenly Father, Lord God. We pray that others, Lord God, will come and hear the word being taught, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we pray that the Holy Spirit will have his way this morning, Lord Jesus. And we thank you, Lord God, for your presence. And we know that you are among us this morning, Heavenly Father, Lord God. We're two or three together, Lord God. You are right there in the midst of us, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, this morning for your presence and the Holy Spirit. And we thank you, Lord God, for our pastor, Lord God. And we ask you, Lord God, continue to bless Pastor Rachel, Lord God, and all that she does. And we thank you, Lord God, for her teaching this morning, Lord God. We thank you for the word that you have given her in her spirit, Lord God. And we thank you for giving her the boldness and the wisdom, Lord God to, to uh, teach your word the way you called her to do, Lord God. And we thank you for her being obedient, Lord God, to the Holy Spirit and to your voice, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we know that your word, Lord God, is powerful. Your word is living, Lord God. Your word is true. Your word is right, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And your word will not return to you, Lord, Heavenly Father. And we won't leave the same way we came, Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus. And we just want to thank you for all that you're going to do this morning, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we pray, Heavenly Father, Lord God, that someone will come online, Lord God, that needs to be saved. And we pray that somebody will hear this word, Lord God, this morning. That someone, Lord God, will hear the word being taught and the word will minister to them, Lord God. And you will speak to their hearts, Lord God. And they will make a conscious decision, Lord God, to surrender their lives to Jesus Christ. And Jesus is the author and finisher of all faith. He's our way. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him, Lord Jesus. And we thank you, Lord God, this morning. And we want to bind up the enemy this morning. We want to bind up all distractions. We want to 
find up every ungodly voice that the enemy tried to speak to us, Lord God. We will not listen to the voice of the enemy, but only the voice of the Holy Spirit, the voice of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We will not hear no ungodly voice, Lord God, trying to speak to our hearts or our minds, Lord Jesus. And we find up, Lord God, every ungodly thing that the enemy tried to do to disrupt our church service and to disrupt, to disrupt this peace, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, that the enemy is beneath our feet. And we have the victory in Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus against Satan and all his demonic spirits. And they will not have their way this morning in Jesus' mighty name. And we thank you, Lord God, for all your goodness. We thank you, Lord God, for your grace, mercy, and love and kindness. And we thank you for your joy and peace. And we give you all honor and glory and praise this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And we all say, Amen. 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 All right. Well, we're going to have the uh, praise and worship music that Reverend has for us this morning. I'm not sure what happened to his uh, other, his partner and why she didn't. Uh, she hasn't joined us. I text her. I <laughs> don't know. Anyway, we'll have the music that he has and then we'll just go on with the service and we pray that those that are supposed to be with us this morning will join us. Uh, we have Nita with us. Nita is know. with Good us. Good morning. Hey. We're glad to have you. So, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, all right, uh, Reverend, let's have our uh, praise and worship music. Okay, I just got a, a message from Denise. She didn't lost the link again. I don't know if you have her information, but if you do, can you send her the link? I don't know why she lost it. Okay, let me see. Y'all know I'm old school, so let me see. If this
for some of y'all young folks, that was Mahalia Jackson. I was about to say that. I know that was Mahalia. I love me some Mahalia. Y'all excuse me. I, I'm very old school. This is the checkers game. I love uh, Mahalia. And that was uh, her version of Walk With Me. I just sent it to her. Now, he, I had sent him a message, but he, it took him a minute to get back to me. So, <laughs> yeah. Richard, You're welcome. So, uh, oh. like I was saying about that song, Mahalia Jackson was way before her time for y'all who don't know. I think everybody on here know, but she was way before her time. <laughs> you know what I mean, Sabrina G? <laughs> That's it. She, she uh, came to the Circle Star. I, the Circle Star was a theater that we had in Redwood City, California, which is just right down the road from where we live. And uh, she came there, and usually they had R&B people coming in, some of the, you know, uh, Lou Rawls and some of those folks. But this woman came, and that auditorium was packed. It was amazing. It was packed. And she came on and started her concert. And there was a Caucasian lady sitting. Uh, we had the second row to the front in our section where we were sitting. And there was a Caucasian woman sitting right in front of me with a beautiful mink coat on. I never will forget that coat. Because that time I didn't appreciate furs like I do now. But it was an outstanding full-length uh Jackson, 
that's my story about Haley and Jackson. You know, my kids are beginning to laugh at me because every time they bring up a subject, I have a story. But when you're as old as I am, you've seen a lot of things and you've heard a lot of things. And God gives you these memories of how that connects. So good morning to everybody that I haven't said good morning to. We are so pleased to have you in our service this morning. And uh, Reverend, you don't have another anything else that you can give us music-wise, I'm assuming. I'm so sorry that I didn't send you. I thought I sent you all some stuff, but maybe I didn't. No, I don't I don't have any more music, but uh, I, I was uh, told to um, to sing this morning. Y'all don't mind, do you, Pastor? Told to do what? To sing. Oh, sing. Just one I verse. Just one verse. Sing, so, yes, please sing. This, <laughs> and the only reason why I want to sing this verse because it's been with me all week. And it's very, it's, it means a lot because it's been keeping me out of trouble all week. Amen. I need thee, oh, I need thee, every hour, I need thee, oh, bless, bless me now, my Savior. I call to to thee, and I need thee, oh, I need thee, every hour I need thee, oh, bless. Bless me now, my Savior, I call to thee. Man, I only have one verse for you because that's the verse God gave me. That's the verse I've been singing all week. I need thee. Sometimes you got to let him know you need him. Okay, pastor, I'm done. Okay, well, you're going to need to do some other testimony while I open the door for my uh, food delivery. Okay, so uh, real real quick. All right, so the reason why that that verse was in my heart all week, because sometimes I need to tell him that I need him, that I cannot do this on my own, that I need some help, that can't no man, can't no woman, and can't no doctor help me with I need thee. I need the Lord. And I need him right here. So that's my testimony. You got one, Sabrina? Hell, I saw your hand up. What's your testimony? Uh, I just want to say, um, I just want to introduce the bread of life to my cousin, my sister, Nita. Nita, uh, uh, Nita, Nita been with us, Nita been with us a couple of times. Yeah, Nita's on, but I don't know if everybody knew who she was. I know you know. Oh, okay. But I'll introduce her to everybody else. Uh, my testimony is it's because of my cousin, my big sister, that I am the woman that I am today. That's beautiful. Amen. 
All right. Nita, where are you at now? You in Milwaukee or Chicago? Milwaukee. Okay. All right. Yeah, and I've been knowing Nita. She was just a little bitty girl when I first... <laughs> She's not that much older than me, Richard. Oh, look, girl, I just made 59. I'm 57. Oh, darn it. I guess I wasn't that much taller than you neither then. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord, Nita. I am so glad you joined us because, I mean, some people on this line, I know Sabrina knows, you know, it is good when people have saw you at your worst. And then get to see you at your best. And everybody don't do what Sabrina Hale has done. And that's forgive me for my past. You know, I know God forgive me, but it is good when people also forgive you. So I appreciate you. And I definitely appreciate you joining us, Nita. And and uh, Sabrina G, I, I, I know that you are uh, uh, faithful to come on Sunday. Girl, I need you back in prayer. You know why? Because you had got to praying. <laughs> You had got to praying, and when you pray, it does something for me, too. At least once a week, all right? All right? I'm, I'm going to make that my New Year's. Once, once a week, I will make it full forever. That's what I I'm do. talking about. It's just that when I get to praying now with the Zoom in front of people, I just get inside my own head, so... That's okay. Close, close your eyes and play like we're invisible. Because, see, when you got to praying... <laughs> When you got to praying, that did something for me. So don't do it for yourself. Only do it for me. <laughs> that, I'm serious. When you got to praying, I was like, gosh, she's, you know, she's feeling it and she's getting it. And you had to be feeling it too. But prayer, that prayer is so powerful. People don't believe in it. Prayer has kept me going right now. And, and sometimes I wonder and I have to sit back and say, well, why am I happy? Why am I still going with all this mess around me? You know, like Psalms 21 says, we walk through the uh, uh, shadow of the valley of death. We fear no evil. Right now we're walking. We're walking. The earth that we walk on right now is like the shadow of death right now. You know, yeah. so we need that prayer and we need to curse this evil, you know, and the more people that come on, especially new people, the enemy hates it and we will win. We will win whatever's going on in our life. If we continue to believe and continue to pray, we will win. Trust Amen. me. Amen. Yeah. Okay, Pastor, I'm done. <laughs> Well, good. Uh, no, not good that you're done. It's good that you were able to have that conversation uh, because that's, uh, you know, definitely along the lines of what we try to do uh, at the beginning of the year to encourage people to start the year drawing closer to the Lord because we are living in some perilous times. That's an old word, but it's fitting. And uh, we need to be about our father's business. We need to pray. We need to touch and agree together and pray because there's power in that uh, uh, agreement. And watch, you know, as God shows us things to pray about. Sometimes, you know, I'm going about my own business and God will show me something that really is not good and I you know and sometimes I my thoughts are elsewhere and he'll kind of 
jerk me a little bit and say, hey, 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 you know, you need to pray about that. Uh, even though it may not be about me, it needs prayer. And so uh, I want to encourage us to make that a part of our, we used to talk about New Year's resolutions. Well, if you're doing anything about planning for the new year, I encourage you to include a, uh, that you want to have a, a stronger prayer life. And some of you all were just growing and growing. And then, you know, when you stop coming, it just makes me concerned because I see what the enemy has accomplished. You may not realize it, but this, the, whatever it is that, that uh, uh, takes your time and your focus, it interferes with that step that you were making that made you more uh, in tune with God. Because the more we pray, the more we're in tune with him. The more we study his word, the more we're in tune with him. So that's not my sermon this morning, but certainly a part of my concern for us this coming year, 2021. <laughs> Today is really our communion service uh, Sunday, but I did not remind you all to eat your little cracker and juice, so we will do that next Sunday after Redmond brings the message. So with that said, because we don't, uh, we've had music, uh, I am going to share with us this morning uh, from uh, the subject of what God wants us to remember. There are things that God really wants us to remember. And I was torn, uh, I, you know, God is always showing me uh, information. And I was torn because uh, I almost went another direction, but God said that this is the way we want to go this morning and we want to talk about some promises that God wants us to remember. God has made us promises in his word, and we need to remember what those promises are we need to keep them tucked in our spirit, and and the Holy Spirit will then remind us when we get out there and feel like nobody cares and God not doing what I want Him to do. That He will, the Holy Spirit will then remind us that God does make promises and that He keeps His promises. So, Father God, I thank you this morning. I have all the gratitude that I can that I can say out of my mouth, Father God. Believe in my heart for you, Lord, who just takes care of us and who keeps us safe. And Father God blesses us with our health and our strength and opens doors, Father God, so that we will be blessed even more. And so I thank you for this opportunity to speak a word in due season. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, to take over and speak through my mouth and think through my mind and allow me to say exactly what God wants me to say to the people of God this morning. And I just ask you, Father God, to have your way, uh, do your will, allow us, Father God, to be 
young one accord as they were on the day of Pentecost. And I give you praise in advance for what you will say to us this morning in Jesus' name. So uh, we're talking about uh, five promises that God has uh, made to us. And uh, that's, that's how many promises I'm going to talk about this morning. He's made many promises to us. And as you study your word, we are currently, we have currently just finished uh, the book of Philippians. In our Bible study, and the book of Philippians is called the Joy Book. So we'll be starting another book uh, of the Bible on Wednesday. And I'm not at liberty to say exactly what book we're going to be studying out because I'm waiting on the Lord to make sure that I'm going in the right direction. So when we think about today, we have to say there's always going to be some bad stuff going on. We can just count on that. It's really serious right now. We see people dying, sick, hospitals full, and in the state of California right now and other places. And so we are going through some trying times. But there's always something that we can count on, and that's the light of God. There's always the amazing light of God that overpowers darkness every time. You can count on that. And a good way to understand that is, is that, uh, you know, if you cut the lights off in your house, it gets dark. But if you leave one light on anywhere in your house, then it's not completely dark. And so that's what we have to know. God's light is going to shine whether or not. And so we just have to understand that whatever it looks like, whatever the circumstances, God is always going to be there and his light is going to shine through the darkness every time. So we talked about it. You can stick a candle into the dark, but you can't stick the dark into the light. You just can't cover up God's light. So life is going to be full of difficult times. We all know that by now. We're all adults. And if you have not had any difficult times in your life, then I am really uh, amazed at you. In fact, I'd love to hear your story because there is no one who walks on this earth who breathes the air, who has not had some trouble. You may not have had as much as I've had, but you've had some trouble. And I remember when I was in Bible college in Oklahoma, uh, there was a sister that came, well, there were several uh, people, individuals that came from the church that I came from in California, Jubilee Christian Center. It was then called Faith Christian Fellowship. And uh, it looked like some of us were just having such a hard time, such a struggle. And then there was this one sister who had actually been my roommate when we traveled with the pastor to England. And it looked like she wasn't having no trouble at all. And I kept trying to figure out, Lord, why does it look like she ain't having no problems? The rest of us is fighting uh, to survive and be able to stay here. I had my house up for sale in California, and escrow took nine months. And that's ridiculous. Escrow only takes 45 days. 
but the devil hindered in every way he could. But God kept me, you know, my Lord, that light kept shining for me. So anyway, I was just asking him, uh, you know, why is she not having any trouble? So I had a class called The Life of Christ with the Dean, the Dean of our Bible College, Dean Moffitt. And this was a Caucasian man from Mississippi who, when he talked, his eyes closed up. And, you know, I was an adult. Wait, I was in my 40s when I went to Bible college. But, you know, that man could intimidate me. And I'm not easily intimidated. But anyway, in his class one morning, he was going through some stuff in his son, I think. And he just opened up and said to us, if there's anybody in here who's not having a struggle, then there's something wrong with your your faith. <laughs> and that was an answer for me. Because I thought, Lord, this girl here, but you know what really happened is she didn't belong there. She heard some of the rest of us saying we were called to Rhema, and she just thought she'd come. And she came equipped. She had a good bank account and all of this where the rest of us uh, had stopped working on our jobs and didn't, you know, prepare to, to have me out of be a student for several years. So, you know, we were struggling. My house would have kept me going to sale of that house, but that never drug that out until I completed the first year uh, in Bible college. And uh, so anyway, when he said that, it just helped me to understand that, you know, if you ain't having no problems, we better pray for you. Because, honey, the devil is not selective. Everyone he can, he's going to make your life miserable, whether you serve him or not. You know, a lot of people think, well, you know, uh, uh, I'm not serving him, so I should have everything at ease. But you see, that's not true because he still wants you back. And he'll do anything he can to get you back. So he comes and bothers you in any way that he can. In your body, in your mind, in your house, you know, your kids, whatever. Just to keep your attention or get your attention or get you back. So anyway, we have these dark times in our life. And sometimes we feel like we've hit rock bottom. And there's moments when we believe the universe is against us. We just know that we're the only person uh, that has trouble, and uh, it's just that we aren't good enough. God don't love us. All these lies that Satan likes to tell us. So we just believe, you know, when we uh, just hit the bottom that it's our fault, and you know, God just doesn't hear us when we pray. And then sometimes we stop praying, which is the worst thing you can do. So, but God is faithful to us, so he'll have somebody else pray for you. He'll wake somebody up in the middle of the night to pray for you. I pray for people at night during in the middle of the night. Sometimes I knew who I was praying for, and sometimes I didn't. Sometimes I would experience a heaviness and a sadness, and I'd take it for mine, and then I'd realize, uh-oh, this is God using me to pray for somebody else. So whether you, you do or you don't, God is faithful. He is faithful. That's
short week, you know. And so, uh, but we have to have faith. And when things get bad, we really have to have faith. We really have to hold on. There's an old song that says, hold on to God, the saints, and amen. We have to hold on and just know that even though I can't see it, he's there. Even though I can't see it, he's going to take care of it. I don't know. You know, people pray that prayer. I don't know how you're going to do it. We don't even have to worry about how he's going to do it. We need to just know that he's going to do it. So faith becomes an integral part, especially during these trying times. And then having knowledge of the scripture. And that's why I encourage people to come to Bible study. Because, honey, we need to know what the word says. Because Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he lies to us. And he'll keep us believing those lies if we don't know what the word says. So we really need to know what the scripture says. We need to be real savvy about the scripture. And we need to learn to pray the scripture. We need to learn to pray what the word says. And so that's another thing we need to know. And, you know, and so we need to do those things. And uh, because, you know, when we do them, we build a foundation. And there's a portion of scripture that talks about building your house on the sand and how the rain comes and washes your foundation away. But if you build your house on a rock, if you build your faith on the rock, and the rock is Jesus Christ, that when the rains come and the winds blow, you'll still have your standing. You'll still have your your house. And I'm talking about a faith house right now. So we need to know, despite it all, God serves as the light. He's our light. And he's made promises to us, and he wants us to make sure that we remember what he said to us, what he promised us. You know, we can... Remember what humans promise us. If the boss says he's going to give you a raise, you don't forget that. Uh, whatever it is that God, uh, a human being, has promised us, we remember that. But we need to remember what God promises us. And we need to know those promises because some folks don't even know those promises. So when we view hardships, uh, we can consider those hardships as lessons. And uh, we can walk through those hardships because we know that it's a lesson, but we are not going to take it uh, as the impossible uh, uh, possibility of ever coming out of it, that God is not going to let anything happen to us, that he's going to bring us through this. And as he brings us through this, we will be more like uh, pure gold. You know, gold, when they mine gold, gold has stuff on it that they call dross, D-R-O-S-S. And it's other than gold. And so what they do, they have to get that dross off of the gold so that it then becomes valuable. If they leave the dross on there, the gold is no good. And so that's what God is doing with us. He's molding us and he's shaping us. And, you know, that song that says, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. Through it all, I've learned to trust in him. I wouldn't know that he could do it if I hadn't gone through it. That's my, my uh, next 
averse to that. And and we have to know that, that if we don't know what God can do, then we'll never be able to move past that place where we got stuck. We give up, and God doesn't get an opportunity to show us what he really can do. So we need to view those hardships, those hard times as lessons. This is a big lesson. We're all going through it. And God's not doing us doing that to make us feel bad about our sins. God is not doing this, but he's allowing this pandemic. He's allowing this that we're going through. Because those of us that live through this, oh, honey, we're going to remember. We're going to remember what God is able to do, how he kept us well, how he kept us healthy, how he kept us with what we needed. Because I know some folks, uh, you know, they, they, they're not able to work and all of that, but God is good and God is faithful and he's going to make sure that we make it through. So we need to try to view these hardships as lessons. So uh, there's five promises that I want to share with us this morning that we should live by and follow daily. And we need to know that prosperity is not harmful. We hear a lot of negative talk about the prosperity message. And some men and women of God are called to that message. And sometimes they make it sound so easy. People criticize them for what they're saying. But this is the message that they're called to give. But we have to have wisdom along with what the teachings is. And what I do know, God will provide for you. And he says in his word that we should do certain things. And if we do those certain things, he He provides for us whether or not we do them. But if you really want to be blessed and you're obedient, the scripture says that if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. And so Psalms 103 is a beautiful psalm. It's a long psalm, but it lists many ways God wants to bless us. And so he forgives us of all of our sins, it says. And he heals us of our diseases. And he redeems our life from the lowest points of despair. And he provides us with love and compassion. He is a compassionate God. He cares about us. He cares about the tears we shed. He cares about our sadness. He cares about uh, when we're being treated badly. He cares about us. He's uh, our father and he loves us unconditionally, no matter whether we doing all we can do or whether we kind of not doing all we can do, he loves us. And he, when he, he redeems our life from the lowest points of despair, and he provides with love and compassion, that's what I said before, and he backs righteousness and justice for the oppressed. You see, slavery is a uh, symbol of oppression. And the Israelites uh, were in slavery in Egypt, and God delivered them. God doesn't want us oppressed. He doesn't want us in slavery. And so during the early civil rights movement, much of the money that was used by Martin Luther King and other leaders of the civil rights movement 
us by the Jewish community because they remember, they remember when they, their ancestors were in slavery. And so they took it upon themselves to support as much as they could the work that uh, Martin Luther King was doing and others were doing because they had been there, their ancestors had been there. So, you know, oppression, God is not into oppression. And uh, he's slow to anger and always bound in love. And uh, he just does everything he can to love us. So, you know, people want to say, God, uh, I had this accident and God caused that accident to happen because he wanted to teach me a lesson. Honey, that's the biggest lie going. God is not capable of doing that kind of stuff. It is not in his love book. When you see these things happen to you, sickness and disease and ugly things happening to you, rest assured that that uh, uh, God you used to serve called Satan is after you. And look at John 10, uh, 10, 9, 9, no, 10, 10 and 10, Gospel of John, says Satan came to steal, kill, and destroy, but God came that we might, Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. So things happen, they will happen, and dark times will come, but regardless of whatever's going on, it's important for us to know that God made a promise to not be harmful. And so we want you to be prosperous. He wants you to be prosperous. And Jeremiah 29, 11, Jeremiah says, For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. This, of course, is reinforcement uh, he gives us in this promise. God has big dreams for you. And he has big dreams for me, and he wants us to have a prosperous future. God's not trying to keep you from hand to mouth. He's not wanting you to, to have to uh, worry about how you're going to take care of your bills and how you're going to do this and that. And so he wants us to be prosperous, and his plans for us, his plans for us are good and not for harm. You know, we he's truly invested in us, uh, in our well-being and our wholeness. And, but he can only guide us because we have a free will. That's the other thing we need to understand. God is not an oppressor himself. And that, he, you have a free will. And if you don't want to do what God says, so be it. He'll allow that. But if you want to be obedient and you're trying as hard as you can to be obedient and follow him, follow Christ, as uh, Apostle Paul said, he follows, he follows Christ, uh, follow me as I follow Christ, and I'm saying that this morning, then we need to know that God is not an oppressor and he is not teaching us lessons by breaking our limbs and making us sick and and killing us. So you need to know that. So we've been studying the book of Philippians and Philippians 4 and 13 is a verse that you need to get down in your spirit. 
And it says, I can do all things through Christ. We need to have that in our repertoire, in our spirit. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And you know, we need to understand that God will never lead us astray and that he will always be, uh, uh, be there for us. He's our ally. And when we as Christians give and believe in the power of Christ, he will have, will have the opportunity to make sure uh, that he will deliver to us what we need. You see, we serve a giving God. And he gives us light. And, of course, I go back to John 10 and 10 that says, Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Uh, Philippians uh, 4 tells us that he provides all of our needs according to his riches and glory. Psalm 23, which is the most popular psalm in the world, <laughs> says that, uh, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. Those are promises that God has made to us. And he's not a man that he would lie. Nor is he a son of man, the scripture says, that he would repent. If he said it, he'll bring it to pass. So God wants his people to celebrate his promises. And that celebration should be continual. And, you know, you just have to know that when you are willing to honor God and acknowledge his power, everything, God has given us everything. I sent this out with my New Year's text. God has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. And you can find that, I believe, in First John. God has given us everything that pertains to life and to godliness and if we know what the word says that promise will be manifested to us over and over again because throughout his word he is making us promises and all we have to do is to honor and acknowledge his power he's real he's powerful he sent his own son to be a sacrifice for us and his son is alive and well, sitting at the right hand of the throne of grace, making intercession for us. Jesus prays for us. That's what intercession is, is intervening in prayer for us. Jesus prays for us, and he has us pray for one another because he is a God who hears and answers prayer. So only when you accept uh, the promises that God offers us, will he have a chance to deliver us? He'll have a chance to, to, to make good his promise, you know. And we understand from Psalms chapter 5, verse 12, he says, Surely, surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as a shield. We have favor like a shield. It covers us. We are covered with favor. And God just sends us places and people don't know us. And they see us and all of a sudden, whatever it is that they have, a, uh, a bargain, whatever it is, it comes into play. Because 
God has given us favor like a shield. We are highly favored. Sometimes when people say, how are you doing? Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored by God. I want them to know that I am one of God's favorites because I am highly favored. And you are one of God's favorites because you're highly favored. So to be totally honest, we're not perfect. I know that. We're not perfect. We're not going to be perfect. Unfortunately, we still commit sin and we make mistakes. And despite of that, our inconsistencies and our flaws, God will love us. He loves us anyhow. He loves us unconditionally. And there's nothing you could do that he wouldn't forgive. There's one unforgivable sin, and that is to blaspheme the Holy Spirit. And that means that you deny the existence of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, the third uh, member of the Godhead. But other than that, there is nothing, nothing that you can do uh, that will stop him from loving us. And there's no other relationship in your life like the one that you should have with God. Nobody should become your God but God. Now, some of us make these uh, idols in our life. And parents especially, I'm speaking to, because we and, uh, make our children sometimes idols in our life. And uh, I remember my mother saying one time, I had gotten myself in a mess, and she said to the Lord, she said, Lord, forgive me, because I put her ahead of you. And I was crushed when I heard her say that. I was already feeling bad about what decisions I had made. But when she said that, that wiped me out, because I never wanted my mother to put me ahead of God, even long before I was a minister, I knew about God. My mother taught me to pray. She started out me by praying when I could talk. Now I lay me down to sleep. I prayed the Lord my soul. And when I got of some age, uh, she taught me the Our Father prayer. And my mother would get up every morning, take her Bible, and go into the bathroom. And the reason she went into the bathroom was because we had a small house and of course we were getting up to go to school and uh, and there was so much stuff going on in the house so the only quiet place she could find was the bathroom and so she would go into the bathroom and have her quiet time while the rest of us were in the other part of the house making noise and doing all we did. So she was a very uh, important role model for me as far as praying was concerned. But I didn't develop a prayer life until much later in my life when God had a friend of mine give me a book called What Happens When Women Pray. And that book is a treasure to me. I have told the world, and anybody would listen about that book, because it showed me that I didn't have a prayer life like I should have, and God uh, needed me to get that kind of prayer life. And the woman that wrote that book was a pastor's wife, and God used her to speak 
start a prayer chain in the church, and it was women, women, they had a prayer chain. They were praying 24 hours a day. Somebody was praying. And then the men saw all of these things coming to pass, so then they wanted to join the prayer chain. And, you know, it made me hungry. I was just hungry for prayer after that because I'm seeing all of these things that God was doing for that church. Now, I wasn't a pastor at that time. I had no idea that I'd ever be one, but I did want that prayer. I wanted that prayer, and I shared that book with other women that I was friendly with, Christian women, and we started our own prayer group at the church I was attending based on that book. Because at the time that we started that prayer group, the deacons of the church and other members were trying to get rid of the pastor of the church. And so we started having, the church had its prayer meeting on Wednesday. We started having our prayer meeting on Monday. And it was about five or six of us that were part of that prayer group. And we prayed and God answered us and God answered us in our personal life, and we began to see the miracles that this woman had talked about in that book. I'm telling you, it caused excitement for me with prayer. Then I went looking for some more books. You see, when you get hungry for God, you go searching for him. He says, if you seek me, <laughs> you will find me. And that was what I was doing. I had got hooked on prayer. And I said, Lord, let me go get some more of those books. I need some more books. And I had this book at my house that I had had for a long time that I bought at a, 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 a book sale at Woolworths. Some of y'all too young to know about <laughs> Woolworths, but it was the five and ten cent store. But they had everything in there. Buy anything you want, curtains for your house, dishes, glasses, whatever. And they had a book sale. And I love books. I've always loved books. Always loved to read. So anyway, there was this book there about this, about this woman. And her name was Catherine Kuhlman. I didn't know nothing about Catherine Kuhlman. Never heard about her in the Baptist church or nothing. But this woman was called of God. As an evangelist, she had a healing anointing, and Oral Roberts that I knew about and had followed Oral Roberts even when I was a child, when he came on TV and he would minister to those folks that needed healing, he'd have a prayer line, and he'd sit there and pray for those folks, and they'd get healed, and, and I'd sit there at that TV that we had, that black and white TV. And I began to weep when that man would begin to minister. And I didn't even understand it myself. But you see, my mother, all she raised me to love God. And so even though I didn't understand that that man was praying for people to get healed, and I was just uh, in the spirit. And my mother said to me all the time, she said, you got a special God. got something special for you to do. Well, God bless her heart. She didn't live long enough to see it, but it sure turned out to be true. But what I'm saying to you is that God loves us unconditionally, and uh, and we have a hole in our spiritual heart that only God can fill. Only God can fill that void. We call it a void in our lives. So the love that God has for us is claimed by your faith. 
And in Romans 8, 38 and 39, it says, For I am convinced that neither angels nor demons, now let me go back, I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And no matter what season you're walking through right now, no matter how much you believe you messed up, no matter how unaware you are of God, that God uh, uh, has unconditional love for you, it's true. He really, he really has unconditional love for us. And he will provide redemption and an eternal home for us. I'm trying to close this out now. God is our unfailing protector. He protects us. You know, we were talking earlier about snow and ice. I was asking Sister Sabrina Hale if it was still snowing in Chicago. And, you know, I lived in Tulsa, Oklahoma for three years, a little over. And, honey, I didn't know nothing about snow when I went there, how to drive in it or be in it or anything. But, you know, I had to learn because it snowed back there. And so I went to my cousin's house in Houston for Christmas, my first Christmas there, uh, because I wasn't able to come home. So... She was in Houston, and going to Houston from Tulsa, Oklahoma, is like going from here to Los Angeles. So anyway, I drove. I had my car. That car got, I, I thought it was an accident that I, I, I bought that car. That's another testimony altogether. Thank you for but joining us. You have been listening to Pastor Mary Frazier from the Bird of Life Church. Yep in East Palo Alto, California. Be blessed and be saved.